Everything that you want is on the other side of that fear. And if you allow fear to shut you down, you can never make progress. I think we know some of this already, but here's the tricky part. We usually are not honest with ourselves about our fear. Welcome. You're listening to the Reprogram Your Mind podcast, and I'm your host, Todd L. Bowerly. You think between 60 and 70,000 thoughts a day, 98% of your life is controlled by habit. If you want to change your life, you have to start by changing how you think. think. When you change you, everything in life changes. If we can see it in our mind, we can hold it in our hand. Welcome back, everybody, to the Reprogram Your Mind podcast. My name is Todd Bowerly, and I'm a coach that works with people all over the world, literally all over the world, helping them learn how to use their minds to create the success that they want to have. And most people don't understand how to use their minds. They don't even really understand their mind to begin with, let alone put it to work. And I want to share something. I want to share some, be really authentic and open with you guys right at the very beginning here to cut out some of the barriers that are probably holding you back. They, if they hold me back, I know they hold you back. Why? Because my mind works exactly like your mind does. So here it goes. I'm afraid. Almost all of the time, I have some measure of fear or discomfort happening. A lot of people look at someone who is successful and they make a lot of assumptions about that person, that they're courageous or that life must be easy for them, or they're lucky, or they must not have a care in the world. And the truth is, I think most people are really afraid. And they're lying to themselves about it. Because I am often lying to myself about what I'm afraid of. You might hear this and go, Todd, what in the world do you have to be afraid of? And in the spirit of transparency, because I, I have become such a poor liar, I, I just need to tell you how it is. I am absolutely terrified of some health challenges that some family members of mine are facing. In fact, later this week, my wife and I are headed to a biopsy and screening for breast cancer for her. And like, I feel like after her brain tumor surgery, like, hasn't she been through enough? And I don't know what's going to happen. My worries and doubts about that event are projecting it into a future of what could happen or what the worst case scenario is. And it's, uh, it's affecting me. And she's not the only person going through this right now. There's someone else in her family that's facing such a big challenge herself. And that weighs on my mind. I am a little nervous. I actually, I'm a lot nervous about this house remodel that we're going through right now. One, it's taken far longer than ever needed to. Uh, it's disrupted every area of our lives, including my business and me not having a, a private location to really be able to do much work from. But I, I'm also really stepping into an abundance belief with money. Uh, I've, you know, I'm spending a thousand dollars like I used to spend a hundred dollars. I'm thinking of ten thousand dollars the way I used to think about a thousand dollars. 
and uh, I'm spending money on new furniture and updating things. And I have, I don't want to deplete all of the cash resources that I have. And I'm confident that I can draw it in, but I've never acted this way before to this degree. And I'm really putting my money where my mouth is in a, in a literal way. And that's causing discomfort because it's outside of my programming and conditioning. I am always nervous about creating content and wondering, is this the right video? Am I saying the right thing? I'm, I'm always uncertain about these things. And I'm no different than you, except maybe in one area. I understand my mind and how my mind works. I understand that I am operating outside of my current belief system. I understand that I am upgrading my belief system and that it's my conditioning that's holding me back and causing this fear. And I proceed forward anyways. I want to read a chapter, just a couple of pages from a little book called U Squared by Price Pritchett. This chapter is called Get Uncomfortable, and he's writing about a quantum leap, this idea of rapidly improving your results, going far beyond your current results and current belief system. He says this, quote, quantum leaps jerk you out of your comfort zone. Prepare yourself for a pretty wild ride. You're going to cover some unfamiliar terrain and encounter obstacles you've never faced before. It can feel like the safety chain linking you with your behavior patterns that worked in the past is being stretched to the limit. At times, you may wonder if the situation is about to spin out of control. The normal reaction is to want to hold on tightly, but you're going to have to learn to let go. Quantum leaps are achieved through release, so turn loose if you want to jump. Don't be surprised if you grow uneasy. That's a predictable part of the process. When you take the quantum leap, you ride the situation, but you don't really control it all that much. In fact, the only way you control it is by, number one, knowing where you are going, number two, continuing the pursuit, and number three, learning from your mistakes. A quantum leap is an act of faith, exhilarating and possibly scary at the same time. You have to give up a large degree of security and safety, plow through greater amounts of ambiguity and confusion and uncertainty, wrestle with a totally new set of problems, invite failure, and possibly contend with criticism from other people who have been part of your support group in the past. Make you uncomfortable? I mean, that's more than a rhetorical question, right? That is the process of changing your life and reprogramming your mind. It is 100% uncomfortable. And if that makes you uncomfortable, he says this, he continues, quote, that's a good sign. If you're experiencing no anxiety or discomfort, the risk you are taking probably isn't worthy of you. The only risks that aren't a little scary are the ones you've outgrown. A high comfort level provides solid evidence that you are playing it safe, not growing not really testing your limits at all, and not in the process of a quantum leap. You might be making gradual progress, and that's possible, but you're not going for a breakthrough. Quantum leaps carry you beyond your commonplace everyday habits and call for a little more nerve. So just go into this, expecting a touch of anxiety. Uneasiness is a predictable psychological reaction when a quantum leap is underway. It has been said that if you will do the thing that you fear, death of fear is certain. And listen closely to this. Courage is not the absence of fear and anxiety. It's proceeding in spite of those feelings. So press on. 
When you reprogram your mind to a different level of success and you start taking action, you're going to feel uncomfortable. Everything that you want is going to be outside of that comfort zone. And really, comfort zone is a very poor terminology to use because it's really your zone of familiarity. It's really the zone of your paradigm, the zone of your programming. You're used to it. You're not comfortable in there. In fact, our paradigms might make reality very painful, but it's all that we know, and we're afraid of what lies outside of that comfort zone. But I tell you, whatever goal it is that you want to accomplish, if it's more money, if it's a different relationship, if it's a dream house, if it's traveling around the world, fear is going to be a component of that because it exists outside of your current programming and conditioning. Everything that you want is on the other side of that fear. And if you allow fear to shut you down, you can never make progress. I think we know some of this already. It's really common sense. But here's the tricky part. We usually are not honest with ourselves about our fear. And we certainly aren't honest with other people about our fear. Instead, we allow our mind to use the idea of fear or the idea of what our doubt and worry start with and come up with excuses, reasons, justifications for staying exactly where we are at. Because the programming, the paradigm, has actually taken control of our logic and is allowing the logic to continue to run and come up with ideas and excuses why we can't accomplish something outside of our belief system. And we allow those reasons to build this mountain of imagined evidence that keeps us exactly where we are, that keeps us exactly stuck. And we believe it all. We believe our own lies. And really, it's even not so much of a fear of ourselves, a fear of our own power. It's a fear of sharing that. It's a fear of sharing our power, of sharing our dreams, of actually making changes and seeing what are other people going to do with that? If I start living more authentically, how are other people going to treat that? Are other people going to respect that? Or are other people going to exploit us and take advantage of us? There is this deep distrust of other people that is at the core of all of our fears. If I really demonstrate who I am, if I really show up, is it going to be respected or is it going to be abused? We're vulnerable when we're living our truth, when we're open and we're transparent. I mean, that is real intimacy. And it invites, yes, it absolutely invites other people in to possibly take advantage of us. So to protect ourselves from that vulnerability, we shield ourselves from those relationships with other people. We rarely communicate in any depth with other people because we don't want our feelings to be hurt or taken advantage of. And so we conduct a surface level conversation with other people and we start to believe that that surface level of conversation and relationship is all that there is. And then we believe our own lies and we allow that to shut ourselves down and we tell ourselves that we're okay living a mediocre life. We're okay just getting by. We're okay just surviving. Or we say things like money isn't as important as to me as the work that I'm doing or different things that allow us to stay where we are at. When we do this, we can never evolve beyond our current level of results. You can't have a different result unless you start thinking and feeling and doing things in a different way. I actually want to share an audio lesson from Earl Nightingale from his classic Lead the Field program. This is one of Bob Proctor's favorite programs. 
this is about attitude, the magic word. I want to have Earl say some words and expand on his teaching here. Why do some people do so well in life while so many more do not? And the first thing let's talk about is the magic word. The experts call it the most important word as far as the results we get from life are concerned in this or any other language. And that word is attitude. It is our attitude toward life which will determine life's attitude toward us. Let's face the fact honestly that we shape our own lives and the shapes of them will be determined by our attitudes. A person with a poor attitude toward learning, for example, isn't going to learn much until he changes his attitude. If we take the attitude that we cannot do something, we generally will not do it. An attitude of failure, and we're whipped before we start. So we know then that what we receive from life, what we accomplish or fail to accomplish, is due in large measure to our overall attitude. Now, you might be thinking, Todd, what in the world does this have to do with fear and holding us back? Listen to what he had said there. It's our attitude at the beginning of a task which is going to determine its success or failure. And if we are approaching things with doubt and worry and fear, how do you think that outcome is going to be? But listen here a little more closely. William James of Harvard University put it this way, The greatest discovery of my generation is that human beings can alter their lives by altering their attitudes of mind. And isn't it wonderful that we have this measure of control? Before we start talking about our attitude toward the world, let's talk about our attitude toward ourselves, since it is the attitude we take toward ourselves which determines our attitude toward the world. Now right here we come to a rather strange fact. We're so familiar with ourselves, we tend to take ourselves for granted. We tend to minimize the things we can accomplish, the goals we can reach, and for some equally strange reason, believe others can accomplish things in our field which we cannot. There are literally millions of human beings living narrow, darkened, frustrated lives, living defensively, simply because they take a defensive, doubtful attitude toward themselves, and as a result, toward life in general. Many people are suspicious of and oppose change, yet change is the one thing in life on which we can absolutely count. People who stay young all the years of their lives not only welcome change, but see it for what it really is, new opportunity, new chances for further fulfillment. I think it's pretty obvious and clear if we take a good look at society right now, there is a lot of suspicion, a lot of doubt, and a lot of worry going on that is being projected onto other people. And you might have extremely solid logic about why you are distrustful or why you are suspicious. You might have very good reason, but it doesn't take much effort to realize that that is a projection or a reflection of the suspicion and doubt and distrust we have in our own selves to accomplish more, to change our lives, to improve our conditions and circumstances, to reach the goals that we have. We're doubtful of ourselves. We just project that doubt onto other people. And therefore, we empower, we raise up circumstance, we enthrone it in our lives with a power that it does not have over us. Because if we have the right attitude, if we hold only one thought in our mind, the thought of why we can succeed, of how we are powerful, how we are a creator, and we allow our mind to work on that, our minds will automatically, naturally generate and create the ideas that we need to act upon to move forward. It's about the idea that our mind has to work on more than anything. And we just should not trust 
every thought that naturally and automatically comes to us. Because so much of our thinking, unless we've disciplined our mind, unless we've trained it in a certain way, so much of our thinking is coming from our conditioning, our programming, our paradigm, in the disguise of logic. This isn't really a conscious expression of fear. We're, we're not doing this on purpose. This is subconscious conditioning. In fact, it's in our very genetics as a species to be dishonest or mistrustful of another person. I mean, it's the whole reason why we have any boundaries in the world is because we're afraid of the other group of people. And I mean, we're talking about uh, uh, not just country and geographic borders. We're talking about borders uh, between social classes, ideologies, race and gender and alternative sexuality, all of these borders are because we are fearing another group of people. And why is this a genetic fear? It's pure survival. We are either ready to fight someone else, we are either going to freeze and try and stand still, or we're going to run away and flee from anything that we perceive as threatening threatening to our very lives. That's what it feels like. You know, financial ruin feels like your life is on the line. Uh, when someone breaks your heart, it feels like your life is ending. It is an exaggerated survival, uh, survival mechanism, and we can't face it. We can't face our own mortality and facing the fact that eventually we're going to die. And we're not going to be here anymore. And we'll be forgotten. We don't want to face that truth. Because if we were to look that square in the eyes, it is uncomfortable. And so this inability to face our own mortality, to face our own limiting beliefs, is our inability to get help. Get the help we need. Because here's the greatest irony in all of this. Your blind spots about your fear, about why you're stuck, and the logic that you have built around your comfort zone to keep that intact, most of the time it can really only be brought down by another person. It is the person who doesn't see those walls that you are most scared of. It is the person who is going to disarm your logic that you absolutely terrify because without this safety and support network of, of thought ideas and reasons and rationales, rational lies that you tell yourself about why it's okay to be where you're at, if all of those came down, then what would you be left with? What would your reality stand upon? You would have to build a new model of reality. And that would alter how you are thinking, how you're feeling, and the behavior that you need to take to be able to move forward. This is the most, this is the biggest challenge that I have with my clients. And it shows up from the very first conversations. And for most people, it comes up over and over again. They're afraid of something. Their mind or their paradigm is telling them one thing and they're believing it. And they cannot destroy that belief enough to step into a new sort of belief, a new kind of alignment. Because Ultimately, your behavior needs to be in integrity with your thoughts and your feelings and your belief system. You're never going to act and behave in a new way until you have a belief system that supports it. And in order to change that belief system, you have to drag out all of the shadow, all of the fear, all of the distrust of yourself and other people and bring it into the light and see it for what it really is. 
and deal with it and sort it out and decide if you want to continue to live and believe that way. And if you don't, a lot of change is going to be required for you to step into that new way of being. And you're going to need help to do that. It's really hard to do on your own because you can't trust yourself in the way that you've been thinking. One of the very first lessons in the coaching program, Thinking in Results, deals with our belief system. And it says here, it appears there are guards that have been commissioned by a higher authority to arrest any forward progress in a person's life beyond the person's level of belief. These guards take their marching orders from the belief system itself, which is governed by natural laws of the universe. There is no growth beyond the beliefs that are held. So listen closely to this. If a person attempts to accomplish something beyond their level of belief, the mind will quickly and automatically create ideas or reasons justifying why it can't be done. And those ideas will continue to flow until the project is abandoned. This is so important to understand. Our paradigm, our logic works in a certain way, and it doesn't want to change. Again, it's afraid of change. It wants things to remain consistent. If you're dissatisfied with your results and you know that you can accomplish something more, you are challenging your current belief system. And so the doubt that you can accomplish and change those is going to be projected onto other people in conditions and circumstances. The economy isn't right for you to sell your home or start your business, or it's not the right time to move across the country or whatever it is, it's going to give you all of those suggestions and ideas based in fear to get you to abandon the project and move right back to your comfort zone. But your mind works the exact same way towards the opposite. Listen to this. On the other hand, when a person or a group believes something can be done, the mind will automatically begin creating ideas that will pave the path to accomplishment. I want to put on some more Earl Nightingale to drive this point home real quick. Your mind can hold only one thought at a time. And since there's nothing at all to be gained by being negative, be positive. If you want something worthwhile, take the attitude that there are a lot more reasons why you can have it than there are that you cannot and set out to earn it. Go after it, work at it, ask for it, and nine times out of ten, you'll get it. Successful people come in all shapes and sizes and in widely varying degrees of intelligence, background, and so on. But they all have one thing in common. They expect more good out of life than bad. They expect to succeed more than they fail. That is really the secret right there. Your mind can only hold one idea at a time. It is that idea that you hold in your mind that the rest of your intellectual faculties, the rest of your creative mind is going to work on. If you're holding the idea of failure in your mind, you will guarantee to attract more failure because that's all your mind is working on. Your imagination is working on what does it look like when I fail? You're holding that idea of failure in your mind with your will. So all the energy of your action is going to be filled with that of failure. Your reasoning mind, your logic is going to be working in circles trying to identify all of the causes of failure. And it's going to hide from you all the passages towards success. It is holding one idea in your mind to the exclusion of others that allows us to become what we think about. And if we are afraid, if we are trying to cover up that fear by lying to ourselves or other people, you are not going to have any meaningful transformation in your life. You're going to remain stuck. So what do you do with this? Here's my assignment from this podcast, and I really want you to do this. In fact, 
I think you should go back and listen to the beginning, listen to this entire 20 minutes all over again before you do this exercise. But here it is. I want you to get out a piece of paper and I want you to write down what am I really afraid of happening? This is an uncomfortable exercise, especially since so many people that talk about the law of attraction or mindset talk about being positive, almost to the exclusion of any negative emotional experience. But here's the problem. If you don't sort out the causes for fear, if you don't drag all of that out into the open and look at it, it will continue to rattle around in your subconscious mind undetected and sabotage you. So what is it that you are really afraid of? And... Don't stop there. Chances are you have a decision that you need to make about changing your life or moving forward, starting your own business, asking the person you love to marry you, whatever it is. I want you to logically look at this and write down on a piece of paper what the decision is. And then in one column on the left-hand side, you have reasons or evidence why you cannot succeed or why you are going to fail. And then on the other side, list as many positives or as many benefits as you possibly can about why you can succeed. And this is the exercise Earl Nightingale just talked about. You can look at either one of those columns and decide this is the idea that I want to hold in my mind as you make that decision. Most of us really want the thing. Most of us really want the person to marry us. Most of us want the dream car. Most of us want those things. And we don't discipline our mind enough to be able to see the positives. We don't have enough control over it. If you write down all of those positive benefits or positive reasons for why you can succeed, and you'll feel a shift in your energy. You'll feel more confident. You'll feel more like you can do that. And if you want to make that decision, then it's absolutely important that you cross out the negative side of that list, that you tell yourself, I'm not going to think this way anymore. Instead, I'm going to think this way, the positive way. Now, this helps you face your fear, see it for what it is, be honest about it and admit it. And in doing so, so much of the fear, not just of other people, but the fear of yourself cannot survive being seen. Talking about the fear doesn't make it grow. Hiding the fear makes it grow. Talking about it makes it seem like it's not as big as you think it is. It's on paper. You can see it. You don't have to hide from it anymore. If you can do this exercise and face your fear and then enlist the help that you need to move through that fear, nothing can stop you. Because, like I said at the very beginning, I'm afraid. I'm outside of my comfort zone. This whole podcast episode for me is outside of my comfort zone, but I'm sharing it in transparency. I'm sharing it knowing that as I speak about my fear, it has less control over my mind. I'm able to work through it. I'm able to deflate its power and I'm able to grow in doing so. And that's really what we need to do. Reprogramming your mind all comes down to growth. And if that exercise is not enough to be able to move you into action or release you from some of that fear, play this mental game with yourself. Pretend this is someone that you know, that you trust, someone that you love, who has come to you with the same decision, and they have the same list of positive and negatives, and you could see their potential in them. What would you tell them to do? Because I think the real reason that we don't take action isn't really that we don't believe that it's possible to succeed. 
it's not that we don't believe that we couldn't be happy there. It's not that we don't believe that other people can't go for it. It's that we don't believe for ourselves that we can achieve it. We don't believe that we are worthy of our own dreams. We don't believe that we can do the hard things. And I'm going to close out this podcast by re-quoting Earl Nightingale talking exactly about this phenomenon. Now, right here, we come to a rather strange fact. We're so familiar with ourselves, we tend to take ourselves for granted. We tend to minimize the things we can accomplish, the goals we can reach, and for some equally strange reason, believe others can accomplish things in our field which we cannot. I'll return next week with another episode of the Reprogram Your Mind podcast, so don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a future episode. And until that time, remember that we become what we think about, and so do you.